Now, I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy. You all know him. He had me scared as hell. He comes to me at night when I cr after I crawl into bed. He's burned him like a weenie, and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. Even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone when I'm awake, but shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe that there's a nightmare on my podcast. That's right, we're doing Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, a commentary episode on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Welcome to prime time, bitches. Uh, it's time once again <laughs> for another episode of Attack of Killer Podcast. I am your dream demon, Insane Mike. Uh -huh. This episode, we are doing one of our world-famous commentary episodes. And this time around, we are doing Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. The Final Nightmare. Sorry. Look what you did. Sorry. We have yet to do a Nightmare on Elm Street film. And so since, we do this one. And so since our last one we did was one of my favorite Friday 13th films of all time, Friday 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, we figured we should do, well, I guess somebody's favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film. Surely there's got to be somebody's favorite, right? Probably Rachel Talley's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you think? <laughs> I don't know. So, before we get into that, got to tell you tech killer podcast is like pokemon and stds you got to catch them all and you may think you've got them all downloaded um you download every episode every other friday but you don't truly have them all now do you and how do you live with yourself the only way to actually get them all is to have unprotected sex with every frat boy on campus. No, wait, that's that's how you catch every Pokemon. Uh, regardless, to get every single episode of Attack of the Killer podcast is to donate to our Patreon. Donating to our Patreon gets you bonus episodes that will fill those empty, meaningless weeks between our regular episodes. So just go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP and check out the different perks and become one of the coolest kids! on the block, and start your donations today. The Tech of the Killer Podcast is a proud member of the Phantom Podcast Network, and you can check out our show and other shows on the Phantom Podcast Network by going to downrightcreepy.com backslash phantom. Check us out. Check out all the other shows. A lot of cool shows. Lots of Lots. cool shows. And if you're listening to us for the first time because you stumbled upon us for from the network, um, I hope you didn't hurt yourself when you stumbled, but um, what we are is we are a podcast, we pick a topic, and we discuss that topic at great lengths, covering different films within that topic, so there may be spoilers, but that doesn't apply to this episode because this is a commentary episode, so what I'm saying is just wasting time, and it's pointless. So... <laughs> So let's move on, and let's introduce everybody to the podcast crew. In his dreams, he's the dungeon master. 
And in real life, he's the dungeon master too. That's why he gets the shit beat out of him every day. Next time, he should use magic missile. Jason Bollinger, everybody! Hey! <laughs> I miss playing D&D. &D. Alright, hey everybody! And next up, he is just like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. He's the Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 of podcasters. No, not that! I mean, he comes in second in the lineup. Brian Clark, everybody! <laughs> oh, not sure how to take that, but hello. <laughs> Freddy Krueger asked her to pull his finger, and now we call her Lefty. Terry Turford! Hey. <laughs> hey, at least yours wasn't a sex joke this time. Weird, True. right? I know! <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> and lastly, welcome a newcomer to the show. Oh boy, it's Matt Foy. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, fellas. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Okay, so yes, we're doing um, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare commentary track. If you're going to watch the movie at home, along with, the, with, along with us, uh, we have it queued up on black right before the New Line logo starts floating in. So I will count it down from the letter D. And that, okay, sorry, okay. <clears throat> we'll count down from three. Good job, guys. Not saying anything. Don't <laughs> react at all. Eventually. He, okay. he can't see you if you don't move. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so counting down from three. And that's three, two, one. Play. God damn it. I had my mouse cursor in the wrong place. Oh. So when you said play, I hit mute. <laughs> we can start over. No, know. no, no. I'm only like two seconds behind. Okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't let me in your computers. Or we should. Anybody read that? I, those are words. I don't look. <laughs> Creepy kid giggles. Nice. Rachel! She's the best, right? Yeah, she's directed some of the best recent Doctor Who episodes, too. Oh, I should have <laughs> known I was being set up. <laughs> But yeah, it's pretty cool because she she had worked on all of the previous films, right? As she mm -hmm. kind of started as a as a PA or something like that, and ended up directing this installment. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Moved up through line producer and had kind of like got promoted through each movie basically, and then got the reins for the quote unquote final one. Yeah, <laughs> supposed final one. Anyway, it's always the final. one. Whatever problems people have with the rest of this movie, I think the setup is such an awesome idea. Yeah. That there are just no children in Springwood anymore. It's almost got kind of a post-apocalypse-on-a-budget vibe to it. <laughs> yeah. Like they're wandering through an Italian Mad Max ripoff later on when they get to Springwood. <laughs> <laughs> And wasn't I'm 
trying to remember. I didn't get a chance to revisit uh, the nightmare on Elm Street Dock, the Never Sleep Again, but didn't Peter Jackson write one of the first scripts for this and it wasn't used? Whoa. I feel like they talked about that, how he had written one for it. I believe that's true, yes. Do you feel like that old lady with the red hair and the glasses is a throwback to the diner lady in five and four? That lady? Um, sure it is. I see, I see, I see it. it. <laughs> Oh, the P word. Oh. Bye. <laughs> I, I don't care. I like, I like Witch Freddy. <laughs> that one of the gripes of people have of the movies too silly. So. A little too Freddy's silly. getting it too goofy. It's fun though. I mean, if you want full-on Scary Freddy, you can go back to one and three and skip ahead one movie from this to <laughs> seven. And Does everybody remember to... their first uh, reaction to the film? And to this one in particular? Yeah. Um, I thought it was extra silly, for sure. I thought it was a pretty strong degradation, even from the fifth one, which was the first in the series I ever saw. Oh, cool. Yeah. But I've revisited it a few times, and it's, it's, it's got its place. I saw it for the first time on uh, Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs, so I was already kind of <laughs> put in that drive-in <laughs> silly mindset, uh-huh. so I think that really helped. I've never, never understood the... Or I shouldn't say, I guess I do understand you know, people who think Freddy should always be completely serious, but really he was only completely serious in the very first movie so I guess you know there's always purists but I love, Robert England is just so charismatic he pulls off these goofy ass jokes and I like it so oh yeah <laughs> yeah I've always there's a lot of humor in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies so this one just took it a little further than some of the other installments I guess I, I feel. The, mm, go ahead. I would say I love the power glove. <laughs> did they ever get sued for that though? I don't. I don't think they did, but they should have. Unless they had a uh, license. I mean, talk about great free no. publicity. I don't think that they had permission. <laughs> it, how, they didn't. How, how? I would think it would have helped push sales anyway, though. You'd think Nintendo would see that and go, oh, really? Like, the, one of the most beloved horror icons that all the kids, you know, try to sneak the tapes of and or, uh, you know, watch late at night when their parents don't know they're watching them is now they're going to think the Power Glove is even cooler. Yeah. Did that well, same music... Pretty... Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, they were pretty close on the heels of when uh, in Ghostbusters 2 when they operate the uh, Statue of Liberty with the NES Max, so, or the NES Advantage, I should say. So yeah, this is this is quite yeah. a quite a moment in Nintendo's history. <laughs> Did it say the music was Brian May? Like, yep. is that the guy from Queen? Or yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. he did a lot of soundtrack work. Huh. 
awesome. Not Joe Don Baker, though. <laughs> He's too busy eating. Um. <laughs> Meatballs fried. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the Never Sleep Again documentary really helped helped me on this movie, too. Yeah. Helped you appreciate it more? Yeah, maybe? definitely. Yep. Just I have to say, I think I prefer They Lives rolling down the hill scene a little bit more than, than this one, but yep. they're both okay by me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was green like the house. Hey, it's, it's Bob Shake. Bobby! Hamming it up like a motherfucker here. <laughs> I think he's almost hammier than Robert Englund is in a lot of <laughs> out of this movie. <laughs> you should have acted more. <laughs> I get the feeling from the uh, Never Sleep Again doc that he thought that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seems yeah. like he was always kind of trying to foist himself upon the people yeah. who made he's movies for number, him. He's in number seven, too. He's in... What? Or is, is Seven the one where he shows up as the, like, the oh, leather daddy thing. bartender? Because he's, he's in more than just these two. I can't yeah, remember I which one it is. Remember. Matt, do you remember which one that is? That he's, like, in the, maybe that's in number two. Cause that's is, the, he in, is he in the leather bar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he's a bartender. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty neat. Stuff like that, that I assume that's the kind of thing that people have a problem with right there. But when you're dealing with dreams, oh, yeah. you're going to have to go a little gonzo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could. I suppose there's always ways to just make it that kind of twisty psychological, um, you know, is it real or is it not kind of messing with your head stuff. But that gets really old after a while. I think if you did an entire franchise of movies based around that really just deadly serious psychological stuff it would become exhausting i would much rather it be jokey yeah you're giving me flashbacks to our hellraiser direct-to-video marathon there oh, oh i'm sorry I, I, I think i blocked that out god that was a painful evening <laughs> yeah He's gonna. He wanted to pop some tags, but he only. Oh, he does have twenty dollars in his pocket. Never mind. <laughs> That's a topical music reference, right? The kids like that these days. <laughs> what is that graffiti? <laughs> a person. <laughs> Brecken Meyer. I think this was his first movie, wasn't it? It was pre Clueless for sure. I know that. So. Yeah. Definitely one of the earliest, if not the first. Donald 
Donald Trump is very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I need more bling on my lampshade. That's all I know. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That is so 90s. It's like that rat tail. Mm. (laughs) What's that DOA thing in the background there? Is that a 7-inch? It's behind his head. (laughs) From this angle or from the other angle? Uh, from the uh, with the back t- with the lamp, it's sitting next to the lamp. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not going to see, see it, it again. <laughs> no. I'll always wonder. Or you could just rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> and this came out in '91, right? Yep. Okay. Definitely explains the set design. Beads. Mark Terry Hatcher. <laughs> I was just going to say, where's Kmart Dean Kane, but I'm pretty sure Dean Kane is Kmart Dean Kane. Oh, <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Mike and Ike's in the alley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that Carlos? Is that his name? That's right. <laughs> Sonya from Mortal Kombat is not afraid to punch a deaf guy. <laughs> <laughs> Detail bothers me. Yeah. I'd be worried if it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, just cut it off and you have a normal haircut. Like, the rest of his hair looks fine. But, you know, it's the 90s, so. I like that shirt. <laughs> would. Wait, if you cut off a ponytail, wouldn't you wind up with longer hair in the middle than on the sides? I think that would look no, even it'll come out perfect. <laughs> oh, okay. the bonus situation. Huh? No. What? Huh? Alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fikoto is oh, an alien. Harry Dean Stanton are always...
Creepy. So how many of us on this show got to see this in the theater? Me. Me. That's it? In 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I will admit, it. I like the 3D angle, the, you know. Yeah. Because it wasn't something that was done hardly at all, but... Yeah, for the most part, this movie's got issues. Yeah, I thought I saw that this was New Line's first attempt in, at a movie in 3D. I remember the 3D not being bad. Now, it's old school 3D with the, the, yeah, the blue and the red sure, glasses. That gimmick was really way past the sell-by date at that point, wasn't it? <laughs> so it was like early 80s that it kind of made its comeback with that cheap blue and red 3D. Yeah, with like Jaws 3D and Amityville 3D. Uh, Which, Jaws 3D is the second best of the series, and I will fight anyone who says <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I'm not surprised coming from you, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got a soft soft spot for Jaws: The Revenge. But... Yeah, it's it's hard not to love that one. But there's hardly any shark in it. Well, there's a lot of shark action in three. Is that a little Frankie thing on her desk? There's a toy dinosaur down there somewhere too. <laughs> I know I stepped away for the very beginning. I wasn't going to uh, pull back that curtain. But did, <laughs> I, did I miss the Wicked Witch scene? That's the first yes. thing. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, it's right at the beginning. That's the only thing I wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> Sepultura something written on the wall there. Uh, Sepultura rain. Rain? R-E-I. Yeah, that. Oh, I'm freaking out. Ooh. Sweet effects, man. Yep. <laughs> Danny Elfman yard. <laughs> it's, it's the B cam. Yeah, I don't... There are lots of camera things in here that make me almost motion sickness. Just imagine if you saw an eye-searing, cheap-ass 3D. That would really be bad. (laughs) Well, the the 3D was only the part... It it really reminded reminded me of that old 3D uh, uh, Canadian film, The Mask. Have you ever seen that movie? Like the one with Cher and Eric Stoltz. <laughs> no, it's an old black and white horror film made in Canada. It was like Canada's very first horror movie, or one oh, of their first. And it was in 3D, but it was only certain parts of the movie was in 3D. You, I'm surprised you haven't seen this movie, Brian. It's freaking awesome, because the moments that are in 3D, um, basically, 
This guy gets the the guy gets this like mask and it has like some power over him, and every time he puts on the mask, he kind of he says smoking. He kind of becomes like the the strange killer. But when he puts on the mask, we see what he sees when he has the mask on, and it's this total bizarro, surreal, like you know, hellscape type of like environment. Really cool, really cool imagery. And those moments are the only moments that are in three D, and and. So you don't wear the glasses through the whole movie, and in the movie, they tell you, literally tell you to uh, put the glasses on by saying, put the mask on now, which is like kind of the mask talking to this guy to put it on, compelling him to put the mask on. Sure. I, I really think you'd like that this movie, Brian. Yeah, it, it sounds really cool. Yeah. But it's kind of the same thing. It's like only a couple scenes in the third act where it goes all 3D and you know when to put the glasses on because a character in the movie puts glasses on too. What's wrong with this kid's ears? It's been... I never noticed it. Oh my god! Oh. Werewolf ears. <laughs> really cuppy and pointy. Why did you have to point that out? No, I'm not so I've been be looking at it for five it. minutes. They are very cupped. It looks like a clay bowl my son made in art class two years ago. <laughs> God damn it. You're welcome. If I had to see him, you just ruined this movie for They're like almost like an elf ear if they were a little more pointed, the way they're shaped. Anyway, movie. No ears in this scene. Okay. <laughs> See a lot of dare signs in the back. Was anybody else a dare kid? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even got a medal from I can't remember some contest of like writing an anti-drug speech or essay or something. A little little dare medal. <laughs> I don't even know if they had the things you brag yeah. about. I just uh, it wasn't necessarily <laughs> bragging. It was just here's a piece of information. <laughs> I love to learn about Brian. <laughs> We'll have to someday dig out our Ayn Rand appreciation essays and read those. Oh, I never wrote that. I was like, oh. fuck this. You, you were the one who thought it was a uh, mandatory assignment. Yeah. Like, so you did one. I was like, no, this is bullshit. I'm not writing this. Fuck that. Did you guys talk about it all? Like, the, um, how, uh, Sudden music change. Peter Jackson was um, yep. hired. Yeah, to do a I brought up how yeah how he had like the original script and they didn't use it, which may in some bizarre way be an explanation for why the love child of Ryder Strong and Matt Dillon here has elf ears. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I don't know. Peter Jackson's script sounded awesome, but it kind of feels like. Yeah, I didn't really talk about if you have more details on it. All, all I could remember is that he had written one. Oh, let me see if I can remember the full thing. But I, the big thing I remember is it kind of follows more after, like, Part 5. Because one of the interesting things about Part 5 is, like, it's Freddy at his weakest. He's like, after Part 4, he lost all of his souls that he had been collecting that gives him his power. And so he's kind of at his, at his weakest point. And he only gets like two or three souls in that movie, uh, in part five. So, you know, Freddy, 
so in Peter Jackson's script, Freddy is pretty much powerless, and the kids all know about Freddy, and basically, when they dream, they dream and they just beat the shit out of Freddy in their in in their dreams, and he's completely defenseless. But I can't remember what the turning point was, um, where Freddy got control again and and turned the tide. I can't remember what that was, but I just thought the idea sounded really interesting because. One, it felt like it really tied into where the ser- series was going at that point, with completely draining Freddy of his of his souls. Um, you know, because like this one, this one kind of like skips ahead, right? You right. Know, so uh, that's all I can remember from Peter Jackson's take. But it kind of seems like they deal with that a little bit in Freddy vs. Jason, too, where Freddy's not full up to power, so he has to use Jason to make everybody afraid again. Right. So he can get his power. Well, This movie especially kind of begs the question for me what Freddy's doing when he's not haunting people, because at this point, the kids are gone... For indefinite, you know, for an indefinite period of time. So I wonder what's he what's he doing during this period? Is he does he just fade to nothingness? Or I think about these things when I was watching. Well, that's a good question. Um, that is addressed a little bit at that thing that Mike was talking about at the beginning of Freddy versus Jason. That he just kind of he does sort of fade away. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a fan theory. Maybe this is just a really long Halloween episode of Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Her Halloween episodes were always the best, man. Mm-hmm. There's a tum with native Tom Arnold. <laughs> He's from a tum what? Yeah. yeah. I'm just a block from our house. Yeah. You brag about that? Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> you thought my dare metal was weird. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a building on the Indian Hills campus that's named after him? I don't know. I don't. I, have, I don't college. I know uh, where I went to. Where I got my last degree. Uh, uh, Jim Belushi is our star graduate. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you couldn't hear her? You had to hear her with those ears. Happened to Breckenmeyer. Terry? Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming <laughs> maybe he still does stuff with Robot Chicken. Oh. Would be my only thought. That's that Seth Green. stuff I've seen him involved with. Did he do a lot of voice work on that? Oh, yeah. Hmm. We also did that or- Super- Supermansion show, which is, was also like a. Um, like the guys from Robot Chicken mm-hmm. kind of created that show, too. <clears throat> well, it looks like he's still working. But looks like more voice work than anything else. Yeah. So I haven't seen him in much, but... Last big thing I remember seeing him in was um, Road Trip. <laughs> that was a long time ago. 
Oh no, he I forgot he did um Garfield, he the Garfield movies. He played John in the Garfield movies. Yeah, I never saw those. Uh, me neither. Yeah. Whatever you have them. Shush. Small role in Escape from LA too, is that right? Oh really? Wasn't he didn't he even? Or I think there's someone else. <laughs> You're probably right. I just don't remember. What role were you thinking of? He's the surfer guy, isn't he? Maybe, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen that. And the computer says yes, he was. Yes, he was. Good job. Good call. Yeah. Oh. Carlos screwed it up for everybody. How do you map? <laughs> Kids today watch this and are like, "What? What? What's he doing? <laughs> Weird blanket." Don't you just use your phone? <laughs> yeah. And this so. is, they don't use the the little girls in this one. Right. I thought I nope. saw a tr trivia that this was the, the only one that didn't use oh, interesting. the girls jumping rope or at some point. Hey, isn't this also the only one where Freddy doesn't actually claw anybody? Huh. Oh. Well, that could be. Possibly. They so ran out of chalkboard later, but yeah, I don't think he actually claws anyone. <laughs> they ran out of creative death scenes involving claws. <laughs> there was a timeline on the chalkboard behind the teacher there, and it there right behind it's behind her head now, but it says Freddie kills Freddy. Marie, eighteen sixty nine. How what? the fuck long has Freddie been around? <laughs> Or is that supposed to be just a little, like, something for people who... Oh, yeah. No, he's going to explain it. Oh, I see. So it's just Freddy is everything in history to these people because he's kind of taken over the town. Yeah. See, the thing that bugged me about this movie and where it takes place in the history of Freddy, I want to see a movie that, the in-between point, how he goes from, like... Or how he ends up completely taking over the town. I think there's some cool concepts here on just how, like, all the adults in town are just freaking crazy and whacked out just because of what Freddy Krueger's done. And oh, he's, he's kind of one. You know, he's one at this point. There's one that would kind of fit with that darker treatment that we were talking about earlier when we were discussing how people don't like this one because it's too silly. That... You know, essentially a, a 
small localized apocalypse caused by Freddy Krueger. That could be a pretty, and he wins at the end. So yeah, that would yeah. be a pretty dark take on it. That would be awesome. Too bad Robert's not going to put the makeup on anymore. Well, he says that, and then he keeps doing it. So well, right, but 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 for appearances, so he can charge four hundred dollars an autograph. Like, yeah. does that mean he's going to do it for a movie? Probably not. I know he said in the doc that he'd be down for doing like a prequel movie of just Freddy as a as, oh, yeah. you know, human Freddy. And, human and I would actually be down for that. I think that would be cool. Usually I don't like that kind of thing, but I think in this case... He would be, the I think, the one character that like kind of going back and telling more of his story beforehand would work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when Rob Zombie did it with Michael Myers, I... I I still thought he did a decent job with it, and I thought it was good, but I've never really been a fan of, like, seeing seeing these characters, the idea of seeing these characters back when they were, like, normal human beings, because you... So the rest of them are just you, monsters. Yeah, they're like, just mon- That's Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they're just monsters, and they should is. stay monsters. I don't want... It's not scary if you if I start creating sympathy for cool. for these characters or start being able to relate to them. Well, yeah, because it was that when we got to the kind of the remake cycle of the of the two thousands. There, that was the the whole trend where they started, you know, they started humanizing all the all the killers. Yeah. Uh, except for I noticed um, I was doing a little project on it. The only one that really jumped out to me as being different was Prom Night. Uh, the original Prom Night, we actually get like a like backstory and motivation for the killer uh and then in the remake he's just a straight psycho more or less mm-hmm. yeah uh one thing that interests me about freddy's backstory here is yeah because i think there's a lot of unmined darkness here because we just get this scene where he sells his soul to the dream demons like how does one how does one reach that point in their life <laughs> to where they even know that's a thing let alone you know all the other dark things he could have he could have been into mm-hmm yeah, and I think this would have been interesting to see that. Although, like, and say what you want about the series, <clears throat> as far as seeing Freddy before he was killed and burned and all that, that first episode of uh, Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series, uh, the first episode of that, which was directed by uh, Toby Hooper, by the way, um... Was which uh, showed his trial that um, where he got away with it and and ended up getting burned alive and stuff. So and that was uh, Robert's idea for you know if they did a prequel movie to make it almost like a like half police procedural half courtroom drama. Yeah. Of that part of the story, which yeah, I think that would be cool. See, and I've read interviews with him on that too, and I'm kind of, but you know, I think I agree with you. I think it'd be cool, but I'm also like, did you forget you kind of did that a little bit in that first episode of Freddy's Dead? Well, maybe that's where he's kind of banking on no one remembering that because yeah, those aren't really available anyway. Yeah, so it's he not kind really of wants to do an expanded either. version of that. Yeah, a, mo- a movie okay. version with a real budget. Yeah, because those episodes did not have budgets. <laughs> Remember the one where the woman turned into a dog? That was the was that yeah. Friday? That was Friday the Thirteenth, wasn't it? No, that was Friday's Nightmares. It was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Friday's Nightmares. I used to love yet yeah, hate both of those shows. The Friday Thirteenth. I, I, yeah. I probably more preference to the Friday Thirteenth 
series than the Freddy's Nightmare series. I just thought the concept was cool, the possessed antique or the cursed antiques. But uh, at first, I hated both of those series because they canceled my local TV movie horror host to to oh, show those shows. Oh, oh. That's so nasty. It's tough getting shoved and like popping your eardrums and stuff is one thing that really squigs me out. Yeah. Interesting little fissure in Freddy's universe here. Like he can do physical harm, but it doesn't really hurt him. Like he, he seems more or less fine that he just got a thing shoved all the way through his brain. Yeah. <laughs> I've kicked tables and had larger freakouts than what he just what he's going through. <laughs> How do we feel about Freddy's makeup in this one? All right. It's on par with number two, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, who did the effects for this one? Some company I never heard. I'm not sure. Now you're going to make me look. (laughs) In the credits, it was like some proper name. I couldn't... It didn't look too familiar, but... So funny. <laughs> what a goofball. You know what I really want to see is a movie where Freddy and the Leprechaun team up. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time that sentence was ever spoken. <laughs> This guy, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do not recognize any of these people on the special effects team. Because Kevin Yeager did some of the earlier ones, didn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Or I think he did the original Freddy makeup design, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, I've got the. Just gonna have to watch Never Sleep Again all the way through again. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> oh darn. <laughs> I've got the book, and I was a little disappointed it was just on the first one as opposed to me to too. Cover the whole series. Yeah, I got the. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a great book, but I was with you there. I was expecting something like, you know, Crystal Lake mem, you know, Crystal Lake memories, you know, but it was just the first movie. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed all the the pre Nightmare West Craven stuff, but yeah, when I yeah, that was my exact thought process because Crystal like because their Crystal Lake Memories is is the com- the complete D- the complete DVD and the complete book, so I assume they were both the same. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Because Freddy's not scary in this movie whatsoever. Yeah, he's goofing around. He's more of a Looney Tunes character. He's more Bugs Bunny than he is a you know a horror monster. At the same time, where he's at, 
um, the fact that, again, he's one, he's like uber powerful, he can't be stopped, so of course he's just going to have fun. Yep. But I think there could have been a better balance found. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> it's hilarious. It shouldn't be hilarious, because it's just a horror movie, but it's funny. <clears throat> He's hamming it up so good. You know, yeah, you know Robert's loving that, doing this. And that brings up an interesting question now. Do you, these later installments... Are they horror yeah. movies, or do you, would you actually classify them as horror comedies? I still think there's some generally um, creepy, creepy, and creepy moments and scary moments in, um, especially like part three has a lot of great stuff. Yeah, well, I I think yeah, part three is definitely straight up a horror movie. But I'm talking about these later ones where he's just full on jokester, like maybe the last two of them, like five and six. Yeah, even five is a lot of. Really, it's just this one. Even five is pretty serious. Swings more to the serious with you know just Freddy cracking some jokes, whereas this one seems just overtly goofy all the way through. Yeah, this this is definitely one that uh, left out all the all the fear and just went for the comedy. Well, you got, you know, 15 years of everyone in the world knows he's the scariest villain of all time, and I don't really? know. Scariest of all time. Oh, more than Jason. But, uh, scarier than Jason, for right? sure. Screw that. I always considered him Team Freddy. I consider the scariest, yeah. He's, he's unstoppable. Like, if, he's, if he were to really exist, there'd be no, there'd be no defeating him. Same with Jason. <laughs> as a as a Jason guy all the way, I was always more afraid of Freddy. Uh-huh. Right, fine. At least you covered it with saying you're more of a Jason guy. I'll give you. Oh, that. He, that, that's not just a cover. I've known this guy since we were in junior high. He is not kidding about that. <laughs> that's he's my guy. Yeah. Awesome. Which one's your favorite? Oh gosh. Um, I th- you know it's if we're not counting Freddy versus Jason, which I loved, I'm gonna yeah. unpopular opinion. I love Jason Goes to Hell. That is, that is very opinion. unpopular. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the I love the pace of it. Like I'm never there's not a single the movie never drags. I love the when Jason's there, he he looks amazing. Um, if I can't say that one, I would probably say uh, probably number six. Okay, that's, yay! That's it's the closest to an actual movie of the whole series. Yeah. Well, see, in six, see, like with this one, we're complaining about the balance being off with the comedy versus the horror. Six, I think, rides that line wonderfully with the comedy and horror. I mean, it's like the, really the first time they injected, you know, straight comedy into a Friday Thirteenth movie. Not counting Crispin Glover's dancing. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> but and we had uh, Shelley in the third one. He was fun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I just know Terry's fuming now because you're all talking about Friday Thirteenth while we're watching a Nightmare on Elm Street. You're watching a freaking Freddy movie. 
talking about. It's this, Jason. it's this Freddy movie. We already did Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. <laughs> and Freddy vs. Jason might be the best. Just because Freddy's what, in it. Both franchises, maybe. Really? Uh, I'd say I'd go for. Yeah, it's fucking good. The you first know. Nightmare on Elm Street's really good, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for that fucking goddamn stoner worm shit, it would have been the one that, Is that the moment that ruined it for you? I still, that or the cop? I still say the cop, that it, Captain that Exposition. That when he, when I like he, that actor, but... Oh, that well, the performance cool. is bad and the writing was horrible. Hey, who's that guy? <laughs> so for all you Six Degrees people out there, so there's two movies in this franchise as Johnny Depp in it. Truth. I thought it was kind of cool that he actually he actually came in and did the, did that for this movie. Yeah. Well, homage in 1991, to his he wasn't really that big yet, was he? Oh. Well, it was definitely after 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, yeah. And it may have been after um, Edward Scissorhands, maybe, at that point? Nah, I think it's still before that. Oh, okay. I was thinking that was more like 93 or 94. I'll take the Alice in Wonderland worm over this shit right here, dude. <laughs> what? I was going to say, let's have Tom Noonan come in and burn the whole thing down. <laughs> It's cartoon sound effects, guys. Come on. (laughs) God damn it. He's in a video game. He's drooling on himself a little bit there. That's. That's Freddy's lips are moister than I'd imagined. Ninety-one. Shut up. <laughs> what was? Just imagine how dopey Breckenmeyer must have felt doing uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> he looked uncomfortable too. Yeah. <laughs> like you want me to do what? Stunt. Stunt Brecken. Wah wah. Not going to help him, though. Neat. Think maybe he put a pillow behind his head or something so he doesn't keep <laughs> smashing it on the floor. He's too stoned to wake up, man. 
Is this the first time they, like, crossed that bridge, though, too, right? Where, like, the dream was happening in reality? I'm sorry, I'm they all just cartoon sound effects. What? I'm weren't sorry? Weren't they all just asleep before? <laughs> Isn't this the first time that what happened in the dream like was, they're actu- he's was actually happening like in actually, reality? Yeah. Because I don't remember that ever happening. We get sleep, the- sleepwalking in the third one. Yeah. And you get to, you see people taking wounds while they're asleep, like in the first one, the yeah. um, his first victim. I can't think of her name now. I just watched the damn movie like you know five days ago. That was a good point, though. I almost forgot about the the sleepwalking scene in part three. But like, yeah, most of the deaths. Well, at least that was played off realistic. Yeah. Where like earlier they were walking upstairs in the air. You know, or he floated up into the ceiling, things that wouldn't actually happen. Or just like right now, he gets knocked out unconscious, falls onto the table, and like basically disappears out of reality into the dream world. Right. Well, now here's maybe Freddy's, like you were saying earlier, pretty much, you know, demigod mode at this point. Like he's in this town, he is all powerful. So how yeah. much is is it bleeding through into physical reality, like that he has control over, you know, his effect on dreams is so strong that it comes out and affects reality. I think yeah. you're right. I kind of always always felt that way about with this one, too, is that he is that strong now that he's not just trapped in the dream world anymore. He can actually... There it is. God damn it. But but if that's true, how you know if if he's already killed all the kids in Springwood, how is he this powerful? Shouldn't he theoretically be on the wane because yeah. he's used up all his power source? I don't know. Uh, I I guess the question that, is: is how does that exp- how does those souls expire? That's true. If he's absorbed them all and he's still running on the you know he's still batteries are still fully charged. That could be. Yeah. And but the thing also too, can he fire. not take the souls of adults? I was found to be that he just chose to hunt the children. So I, I, I have the impression he could only hunt those like descendants of the ones who wronged him or something like that. Right. But then that 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 gets done away with, I think, over time. I think that got it done away with by the time we got to part four and they introduced the Alice character. Because like yeah. then Alice became like the the um, the doorway for Freddy to be able to a- attack other children besides the children the Elm Street children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have Alice as yeah we have Alice as the link in four to five, but yeah, it's, we're we, I don't know what's going on with this one. Maybe it's just they don't have because he was a child killer in reality. That was part of the deal he made with the demons or something. That I, this goes back to the thing I always seem to do is do some of the movies work for it. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. here's why this is happening. That makes sense. But um, that adults just have no, shall we say, nutritional value for him. And it's not like he hasn't killed adults before, though either. Right. Like, you can eat nothing but ramen noodles, but it's not advisable. (laughs) (laughs) You certainly can. Maybe he's been surviving off them, kind of like a Lestat interview with a vampire, survives off bugs and snakes and things while he's in the swamp. Yeah. But then that goes back to, if that were the case, why is he so powerful? You guys are analyzing it too hard now. (laughs) 
it's just kind of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> After this many movies, though, it's kind of hard not to if you're you know if you're a fan of a franchise and yeah. start trying to fill in some of those holes. If they're gonna put the holes there. We gotta fill them in. Yeah. Just imagine how we felt watching all those fucking Hellraiser movies. Oh, oh God. my gosh. Say I, I, I don't even get. Say, don't even get me started on the fact that Jason couldn't have pulled Rennie underwater and Jason takes Manhattan because the timelines don't match. We'll be here all night. <laughs> the biggest mistake in the entire oh, Friday Thirteenth franchise no. was the <laughs> boils down to one shot, one shot, and I'll shut up, Terry. After this one <laughs> no, point, you won't. but it's one shot of Jason underwater in part the beginning of part seven where where Tina drowns her father, they show Jason at the bottom of the lake. And so that leaped the whole franchise forward like 20 years. They stopped listening to you. (laughs) Yeah, because we've got... I know this isn't a Friday the 13th podcast, but yeah, we've got Jason in the ground from Tommy growing to from a boy to a to a young man and then we have at least a full a full childhood and when he's in the lake so yeah could not have happened probably shouldn't have equipped that van with ejector seats carpenter, <laughs> carpenter rule is that what john would say carpenter carpenter rule, rule. that only goes so far uh. You're accountable for something. Yeah. If you're going to tell a story within a world, it's your responsibility to operate within the rules of that world that you have set up. Yeah. I've always found you can really mess with one thing. Like you can defamiliarize one thing and then but the and but the rest of the rules have to more or less stay the same. Like I'm okay with a giant hulking multiple reanimated zombie, but if you start messing with my timeline here, I'm gonna throw a fit. <laughs> <laughs> so Continu- continuity is sacred. That's the thing that <laughs> it is. horror fans. Uh, any geek culture fan yeah. really. Sorry, go ahead. Well, what makes me nervous because I'm also, you know, I'm a big comic book geek, and just what makes me nervous nowadays, especially in the comic book world, they just don't seem to care about about that continuity anymore. Now that gets that stuff gets reset so frequently. <laughs> of his yeah, little, exactly. <laughs> the panting is after he just that little aside <laughs> to the camera when He's he pushes so that thing into the road. Robert I thought they were going to go full bug comedian. I thought they were going to go full Bugs Bunny and have him miss the miss the nails. Uh, <laughs> they should have. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Bye, ears. <laughs> Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about his daughter taking him to a whole new playground. So we, you were discussing earlier, Mike, about how Alice gave him access to killing other children, but he was still trapped in the locality of Springwood. Yeah. 
he he was allowed to go after people other than the descendants of those who burned him, but he was still stuck in that one place. Yeah, which is interesting. The thing is, the thing that bugs me about about this movie, though, because this is also this is also not too far away from you know Jason Goes to Hell. Both those franchise, both those movies took turns in the franchise that pissed me off, and that was involving, involving from out of nowhere, Unknown family member, a fucking family member concept that fucks with the, that fucks with the power, that fucks with the, you know, whatever, and that's it's it seemed like such a cop out thing, and it also seems like such a rip off of Halloween. Yeah, of course, how many different. Damn times did Halloween do that? I mean, you find out Laurie was his sister, and then you got his other little sister, and then he winds up like in, by part six going after like a cousin or some fucking thing. <laughs> and and I was fine with that in the in the Halloween movies because I mean, granted, it wasn't originally intended to be that way, um, but it, it kind of felt like that was just part of of the whole thing, you know, from the start. But. This many movies in, and now we introduce that Freddy has a daughter? Yeah, it seems like tacked on just because, you know, everyone else was doing it. That just became the done thing in slasher franchises. And then, what was, was it in Jason Goes to Hell, was it his sister? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Aaron Gray was his sister. Okay. Which, again, if we're following the timeline of the franchise... And Jason goes to hell. She would have been 110 years old. Told you he wasn't done. <laughs> now I'm done. So anyway, uh, Freddy Krueger, right? He's cool. Damn right. Yeah, now that we're talking about all these expanded universe stuff and the you know Alice giving him access to other children and then his daughter giving him access to other uh, you know to getting him out of being trapped in Springwood and being able to move around. Which why would you be trapped? geographically when you operate in dreams but i don't know maybe it's it, gotta it's have like some broad, rule right gotta have it's like broadband it only has a certain uh or like a you know data signal on a phone it only has a certain range something like that but it really makes me wish they could have kept making these like the you know the budgets didn't dry up and the you know the, the movie box industry up, box yeah. office had or the movie industry didn't kind of switch gears and get away from this kind of stuff because I'd love there to be more of, and you know, not the meta type of things like following on from New Nightmare, but more like original Recipe Freddy universe stuff with Robin yeah. again, instead of these shit remakes we got for a while there. Agreed. 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 Yeah, yeah it's kind of a victim of the time frame because yeah, it's a very '80s franchise and it dies right right in that early '90s pocket when horror really fell off. Yeah. And then it came back in the you know the form of Scream and all that, but it's you know the, this you know that's one of the things I loved about Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Like it it played by the rules like all the way, and it was it was quite refreshing in that regard. Yeah, God, it was unaware of itself. Yeah. Although, it, given that whole the Scream uh, mode of being you know super ironic and self aware, if any franchise would have lended itself to being able to operate in that style it would be this one i mean can you imagine yeah. freddy just dicing his way through a bunch of hipsters and how much fun you could have with that dialogue that would have been awesome uh-huh. 
Fuck it, I say bring it back. Get Robert back in the makeup, make some more of these, and make them goofy. <laughs> and not like, you know, I, I shouldn't say goofy, but like, you know, make them fun. We don't, we don't need any, any grim, dark back to the original. Like, I just want to see him keep going down this road. Yeah. Don't want to Freddy Born in torture porn or anything like that? No, fuck that. <laughs> And no, I just I just want it to be fun, and I want to just you know stretch, see how far you can get it to go, see how weird you can make it, and make Freddy a child murderer, not a child molester again. You kind of assume one goes with the other, but watch growing up on these movies, I never I never put that two to get those two together, which again. Because one of my problems with the remake and them really calling out the fact that he was a child molester was the fact that it put more of a motive to what he was doing. And that's what I found scary about Freddy, that he just killed children and we have no understanding on why he's into that. I think anyone really understands why child molesters are into that either, but... Well, no, but you, I mean, I'm not, I I'm never, not defending it or anything, but no, no, it, comes, I didn't say it, it comes from, you know, it comes from like a, you know, it comes from like an emotional, you know, right. like whatever feeling sexual or what have you, but like, whereas a serial killer almost has just like an alien quality, like they're not. Yeah. Yeah, usually like an acute narcissism. They, you know, they think they're, you know, anti-socialism and all that. But yeah, the, one of the, I will say in one of the things I liked about the, I, I thought when he was a child molester slash murderer, uh, when he played it up, it was a, it was very scary. Like in Freddy versus Jason, I liked that they brought that back. He was when he had uh, uh, Lori down and was starting to you know cut her legs. Like that's scary to me. Yeah, but yeah. That, I mean, he is very clearly also a molester in Freddy versus Jason. I yeah. mean, the, the opening sequence, the way he licks, he the licks, picture. When he licks that picture. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess. But they never, they just, they just never felt the need to come out and say it, though. Well, they don't. They just implied it with Robert England's gross tongue. But damn. That's. <laughs> I was thinking earlier when we were talking about uh, the Freddy prequels. That would be it, that. That's going to be a tough sell to investors to portray <laughs> that part of his life. Yeah. And that would that would kind of go down that torture porn street, which, I mean, that's okay, because he starts out scary. The first movie is scary. And this, you know, showing all these different gloves he was experimenting with, that certainly... You like that, or...? Is, I oh, I do, yeah. Cool, that, that, yeah. Makes yeah. A, that makes That's a very scary concept. Like, you don't even need to see him using them. Just the simple fact of these rusty, blood-stained things hanging in his shed is scary, because your mind does all the work. Takes us back to the very first thing we see, which is him working on the glove. Mm-hmm. You know, way back, the very yeah. first scene. So. Absolutely. Ow. 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 The makeup in this one, I don't know. It looks rather more... It looks... A lot more like foam, foam yeah, it, rubber latex. This and, looks about on par with the Freddy impersonator who was emceeing that 35 mil double feature I saw. Because <laughs> they had a guy in like full Freddy regalia, and it wasn't just like a rubber Halloween mask. He had makeup on. Doesn't and, just look meltier. Yeah, it just it's less detailed. It looks like they didn't take as much time to. 
I feel like part three was was the best makeup, in my opinion. It's still not as bad as five, though. I think five's is the worst. I never enjoyed the fact that it ever changed. I mean, I guess I'd like three more than... I. Uh, it just was always different. always kind of liked Seven's makeup. I thought he was really scary in the seventh one. Yeah. That made him a lot scarier. Mm. Yeah, that moment where he springs out of the closet, I, that, that, that shook me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that version of Freddy. <laughs> Really have some Sepultura fans on the on the cast here. Yeah. Is it Sepultura or Sepultura? Sepultura. Okay. I've heard people pronounce it another the other way. I've always thought it was Sepultura too. Really, uh, they really bring the undercurrent of uh, parental abuse to the foreground yeah. in this movie. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So it's a yeah recurring thing for all three of the kids, not counting Doe. Gross. Ugh. in the fridge get your damn self yeah. <laughs> he looks like the that guy who was in a bunch of Jim Wynarski and Fred Olin Ray movies he's in the Slumber Party Massacre too, or Sorority I can't keep the two damn things straight I think it's Slumber Party Massacre too. and he's in a few others you know what I'm talking about Mike or Matt I would assume you two would be the ones who would I can, I'm looking guy. it up I'm looking it up now I can I, I can place the face all the way I'm trying to think where specifically I know him from yeah agreed but I don't think it's Slumber Party Massacre because that was it's, if it's not that then it's Sorority House Massacre yeah I just I can never keep the two franchises straight in my head I think I've only seen the first Slumber Party Massacre oh really you never saw the oh the second one is awesome no we didn't have yeah we didn't have that at our uh, at our video store I think I would definitely recommend checking it out because the driller killer in it, he is like a, is kind of a, he's a rock and roll Elvis guy, and his drill is at the end of his guitar. It's, it's hilarious. And, it's and that slumber party massacre, then it's sorority house massacre. I'm yeah, thinking of the Jim Jim Wynorski movie. <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely sorority house. Yeah, Jim Wynorski. It's on YouTube. Um, I'm ripping. I'm ripping it now. Sweet. <laughs> Neat. I'll tell you what. Watching this, because I haven't watched any of them in a long time. Watching this does make me want to go back and watch others in the franchise again.
You're not having a Pepsi. Sepultura. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, invisible karate scene. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, that's in four or five. Four. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's four. Well, in the video game, I was kept hoping for Super Freddy, but that's part five. No, fuck Super Freddy. <laughs> I can't believe they made an action figure of that one, too. And how I didn't get it for you. <laughs> I'm surprised. Freddy Krueger in Jim Cotta. <laughs> oh, so Jason, I've been meaning to tell you forever... Because I know you? I know you're a fan of Part Four. Well, I know this is probably your favorite horror franchise, right? Right. And you're a fan. You like Part Four. We right. were just talking about the invisible karate scene. So that the guy that plays Alice's brother in the movie, the the you know kung fu guy with the hair. Yep. <clears throat> he's in. He's one of the one of the main guys in Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Oh. Yeah. I never realized that until I listened to the commentary track on it. They also tried kissing you. Let's not skip that one. No good pictures of them on the Blu-ray. Dream people. <laughs> I want your shirt. So we know he can he can kill. Apparently, he was at least intending to kill an adult there. Yeah, in the dream. So, what's up, Doc? <laughs> Tried that. Freedy is the answer to life. (laughs) (laughs) He has a name. So, which rap is better, Nightmare on My Street or the f- 
um, Nightmare on My Street. The Fat Boys yeah. one. The Fat Boys one. I like both, but Nightmare on My Street's awesome. Nightmare on My Street is awesome, but the cool thing about the Fat Boys one is that that's actually Robert England as Freddy rapping in that song. Sure. Because Neil and tried suing. But the tune's better. Oh, yeah, yeah, the tune's better. <clears throat> Freddy, 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 Freddy! Freddy! <laughs> but Look, we'll throw it to Doc and why we're here, too. Oh, yes! How have we gotten this far without doing some docking? Because <laughs> it's the wrong movie. Right. <laughs> it's, but it's the right song. We That's true. We still be within the same franchise and we will be talking about Jason again. It's true. I had to watch that video twice in a row at that screening because they were like having some trouble getting the movie started. So they're just like, well, just play this again. Uh, <laughs> once it's enough. Did you get that... Uh, the record from I think it was One Way Static, Matt, the seven inch yeah. of that with the that's Freddy sweater colored wax. I did not get the Freddy the the Freddy sweater colored one, but I have the yellow version. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. The the sweater colored one is a subscriber thing. Yeah. So I I will cop to playing it, uh, putting it on headphones and playing drums to it more than more than ten times. <laughs> <laughs> I love those puppets. There, they're very. Jim Henson-esque. Yeah. They are, yeah. They're very cartoonish. They kind of look like fish a little bit. They're like kind of a deep sea fish quality with those big black eyes. Yeah. So yeah, they couldn't have made it any more obvious, but it's literally that moment when she puts on the 3D glasses and they dissolve on her face is when you it, put your you 3D go glasses into 3D. on. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jason, remind me, because we have those... Or, or well, oh, you used to have it. I'm sorry, I forgot. You don't have it anymore. But that Nightmare on Elm Street box set, right? Didn't well, didn't they still have that moment in in the uh, yeah? Red it came with 3D? glasses and yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Purple lightning. They stole that from Frank and Hooker. Yep. <laughs> Shout out. That's the weird, melty wall on the back. Skin wall. This is a skin wall. Nice. (laughs) Eat it! Oh. See, How here's do you your, know that? Here's your throwback. <laughs> here's what? Here's your prequel. Yeah. Wasn't it the bastard son of a thousand maniacs? 
I thought yeah. it was a hundred mania. Was it a thousand? What's it always? I thought it was a it says a hundred and three. I know that. Well, I thought I it was change it for realist realist. Yeah, up to, yeah. yeah, up to to a thousand for part five. I wanna know how they know that. Is that just common knowledge around town? <laughs> True, because, like, we don't learn that until part three when the ghost of his mother is tells, you know, what's-his-face, but how does it get around from then? Yeah. Well, there he is. Cooper! Is. Woo! No more, Mr. Nice Guy! Son, why do you have a boner? <laughs> ah, 3D! 3D! <laughs> Where do you think? Alice Cooper was the original Freddy versus J- Freddy and Jason crossover. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 3D! Oh, right at us. Sperm demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of looked like the slug thing that Jason turned into and Jason goes down. Oh. It is all connected. Track of how many times Jason got mentioned after we said we were done talking about Jason. <laughs> Freddie's just lucky they let him, they accept coming in the front way. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty cool seeing them on yeah. the screen without it. Without, without makeup, makeup, yeah. 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 It's a special thing. Pops. <laughs> Why? Okay. Bram Stoker's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, looks like Gary Oldman. <laughs> the same. Dude. Nice. A little throwback to the first one there, maybe. The yeah. arm stretching. I will give. This I thought this scene lasted a little too long with the whole. He seems he seems okay being hugged here for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Misses his daughter. <laughs> He just had those nunchucks when he fought the alien. Uh, what's the tough girl holding? Tiny no, steering of wheel? Not. Yeah, right? <laughs> Bicycle. Yeah, that it was like a small Some sort of trap. dream charm or, yeah, something. Three D, three D. 
Are we still in 3D? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. It's gotta be. Yeah, watch. But See? I thought after she exited the dream world, that's when the 3D's was supposed to stop. No. Well, I think it's the rest it's of the It's been so long since I've seen the 3D. Well, we gotta get the big, you know, the big finale with the, the demons coming out. So I think that's... Oh, that's true. So, yeah, I think it's the from here on out it stays in 3D, yeah. Oh, Eddie Quest from The Howling is gonna show up here, too. Yeah. Little smiley face sticker on the door there. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's all connected. What is happening? Just gotta watch him. <laughs> I know, it's just so crazy with him not being in makeup. Or without uh, his voice and I didn't make my own glove when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, I remember that glove. It was dangerous. There were like real metal blades on it. Well, of course. What else would you make it out of? <laughs> no. Safe things? Popsicle sticks. That's no fun. I did carry a butter knife with my Michael Myers costume. I remember that. That's all I was allowed to <laughs> 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 and my jumpsuit was green. I was so embarrassed. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a travesty. Video game version of Michael Myers. <laughs> Put the glove on. Ha ha ha! Ha! Ouch. You know the old saying, you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose. <laughs> but you can't bite off your ghost dead bird daddy's nose off. But she just did. Well, I guess that's not what they say, though. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, well, they could say that, they'd just be wrong. You know, they, in, out of all these movies, they never really dug into the significance of what 
why the glove, you know? I mean, it's such a unique weapon. And I know, like... I, I, I've seen interviews with Wes Craven on, on why he came up with the glove concept. But as far as the mythology of the character, they, they've never really dug into why... Why the glove? Maybe it goes a little bit with, you know... His his victims were initially small, so you know finger si- finger sized weapons for for small bodies. Mm, it could be, or maybe it's just the cruelest thing he could think of. Then you know it's an extension of him, so it makes it personal. He's not like shooting him or you know picking up a knife or cutting him up. It's on his hand. It feels like he's you know it's part of him inflicting the damage. Hmm. It's pretty deep. <laughs> oh yeah, those are long blades. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and I watched this the other day. I have. Um, there was a. Was it on? Um, originally on like Bravo, or maybe it was A and E or something. There was this series called Directors, and it was like each one was a documentary about a different director. And I have on DVD the uh, Wes Craven one. And he had talks about this, um, why he chose to do the glove. Because he wanted a different weapon. Something different than just, than you know, a knife or a machete or a chainsaw. But he thought of, like, the most primal weapon that he can think of. And, like, dating all the way back to cavemen where, you know, their original weapons were their hands. And using... You know, using their hands like claws as a weapon. So that's where the glove came from. Uh, uh, uh. Selma from brain damage. <laughs> Would have been way cooler if they got Zachary to voice the dream demons, too. <laughs> well, hold there, Freddy! It's <laughs> pretty good. Thank you. Freddy's <laughs> dead. Name of the movie. The last line of the fucking movie is the name of the she movie. She should have just said, This was the final nightmare. Just like really drive it home, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's over already. We didn't yeah. discuss the, the music much, but uh, this really was. Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls' finest moment before they made it big. <laughs> Saying that they, yeah, before before a boy named Goo, they were, they uh, they rocked a little harder. You're implying they had other fine moments, right? They, they, I, I, my, I remember my dad had one of the oh, you, fame you, tapes, and it's like it's, they, it wasn't bad. Back when they were on Metal Blade. <laughs> they were a metal blade originally. Yep. Shit. They were they were they were originally going to be called Sex Maggot, <laughs> and uh, their manager or somebody said, "Yeah, if you do that, no one's going to book you." <laughs> so showing all these other films is that they're really signing off to the whole. It's really over. Yeah, that that's how I always took it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. That's pretty, pretty far down the, pretty far, far removed from its heyday at this point. Remember, like one of the stunts that they did to promote the movie is they actually held a funeral for Freddie. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. Something that Toho Studios would copy uh, four years later when, uh, in 1995, Godzilla vs. Destroyer it was supposed to be the last one, and they had obituaries taken out in all the major Japanese newspapers. Oh, nice. <laughs> How much do you? How badly do you want one of those newspapers? <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> not, not gonna lie. <laughs> A lot of part three in this montage. Oh, there was part two there. Okay, that's good. Oh. Say what you will about part two. That yeah, yeah. Say what you will about part two, but that coming out of the chest thing was pretty darn cool. Fuck yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. I'm a huge fan of number two. I'll go to the map for that one. I've always liked two. Oh, yeah, I've liked number two. It gets it gets a bad rap. I mean, it does kind of jump the shark a little bit right off the bat, you know, from the first movie. But yeah. But man, you got Clue Gallagher in there and. I don't know. What the fuck music is this? (laughs) (laughs) Are we just watching a horror movie? What the fuck's happening right now? You were talking about uh, Freddy's Nightmares earlier. Another thing they were showing at that um, screening I went to was they had like a loop, just a, a... collection of a bunch of the intros and outros segments from that oh cool like he one of them he was up against uh um sid marty cross dc follies puppets what (laughs) and uh but one of one of my favorite ones was he's in a confessional talking to a priest and he's uh saying all how how many different you know, all, all the victims he's killed and he's like, you know, this many children and this many people and I've killed, you know, seven cats and a hundred some odd dogs <laughs> and then he just gets this real sheepish look on his face and kind of out of the corner of his mouth says, and one parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There was a warning song in here. Oh, the soundtrack was on Metal Blade, so that would explain the... Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yay! Oh, we did it. <laughs> no stinger. Well, that that counts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's uh, Freddy's dead. He's dead for real this time. Yep. It's time Gone to get serious. Until the next movie. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Freddy's Dead? Or the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in general? Whoa. It's the best. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we should do a whole episode on the franchise. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah twi- twist our arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we we've talked about we had an episode on franchises before, and I and West Craven it. and all. Yeah, that. we've probably talked them to death. 
think we talked a lot about others in the franchise more than this actual movie during this episode. That's so. that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a hard time focusing. But that's true. And movies this well known and well loved, I mean, is there a lot to add to the we probably weren't gonna be telling anyone anything they didn't already know. Yeah. yeah that is very true. That is very true. It's a bummer because, like, you know, again, it didn't do very well. I, in my geekdom, and I get told that this is going to be the final one, this is going to be the death of Freddy, you know, I, I'm expecting something a bit more epic and, and, you know, creepier, not so comical. So, I mean, I I was let down. I, again, they enjoyed the 3D stuff, and there's some elements in the movie that I really like, but, uh, you know, it's just when you love these franchises and you get told that this is literally going to be the last one, you you can't help but set the expectation high. You want to see your anti-hero go out uh, with a big bang. He did. Did you see that? <laughs> Dynamite in his chest there. Freddyception. Right. <laughs> that explosion. Yeah, so I think it was just a victim of the time. Like you know, Jason. You know, it, I think if it would have ended in the mid '80s, you know, they could you know, horror movies still had still were able to 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 go fairly intense with their the things. By this time, there just really wasn't much going on in terms of horror that wasn't goofy. Yeah. The MPAA had cut the balls off the genre so bad that yeah that's mm-hmm. true it still boggles my mind because like i grew up in the heyday of the mpaa just attacking horror films and hearing how badly some some of you know some of these movies that i love just get censored before they get to the theater and you know shit cut out and then when you finally see like grainy bootleg copies of the unedited f- or the uh, uncut footage, and then in my adult life, hostile plays nationally. You know, I'm like, oh my god, how times have changed. Well, they say there's a correlation between like horror movies do better in conservative times. So we're kind of in the, the in that early '90s. There, we're in the you know the the dawn of the Clinton era. And yeah, they just there just wasn't much going on. And yeah, we get more horror in the we get more horror than after nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because yeah, because slashers rule in the Reagan era, and then we have you know during the Nixon Vietnam era, we get the the great exploitations of the seventies. Mm-hmm. Well, we should be getting some pretty good horror movies. Yeah, horror's about ready to make a <laughs> yeah. huge comeback by now, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there should be a new one every other day at this point. <laughs> well cool um, so yeah that's that uh, thanks for listening everybody this was fun thanks Matt for being on yes and thanks yeah. Matt yeah. for joining us nice to us. meet you yes. yeah thanks for having me on uh, let, me, let me know if the uh, let me know if the fans revolt at my presence and I'll uh, right. I'll, I'll, right. I'll try to retool my, my persona for the next time someone gives me a shot <laughs> <laughs> awesome so Thanks, everybody out there, for listening. Um, Hope everybody enjoyed it. We will talk to you all again soon here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? (laughs) Attack of the Killer Podcast.